0: I'm Laura Green. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast, the show that brings you the best in Sapphic fiction. Join me as I chat with authors, narrators, and friends who share my love for the genre. You will learn things you didn't know about your favorites and get some suggestions for your next read. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast. Today's guest has spent countless hours reading to me, and I'm thrilled to meet her in person. Lori Prince, welcome and thanks for being here.
1: Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you very much for having me.
0: On road trips with my partner, we listened to a lot of Robin Alexander's books. How many of her books have you narrated and which one did you enjoy the most?
1: I actually had to look that up. It's 16, which every time I get one, I'm like, how does she have another one? (laughs) I loved, which actually was my first book. It was Temporary Girl. I don't know if you've listened to that
0: That's one. my favorite. I love that yeah, one.
1: Yeah, I think it's her because everyone keeps asking, where is she? Is she going to write more books? And I have no idea because I've never spoken to her. But that book is the most recent one of hers that I've narrated. And I do think
0: it's the funniest. It is. I actually had that on the treadmill and I was laughing the whole time. My kid's like, what the hell's wrong with you?
1: Yeah, she really knows how to uh, set up a scenario that feels very real that she puts her, her characters through, that uh, is
0: just very funny. It is very slapstick. Yes. Your narration of Haley Cass's Those Who Wait is brilliant. It's by far the longest book in my library at 21 hours and six minutes. How long did it take you to complete from start to finish, and what's your process for doing an audiobook?
1: Well, I always say it's two to one. So if the book is 21 hours, it took me 42 hours to record it. But that was just the recording part. Um, I read it beforehand and then I had to, they call them pickups. So essentially when you make a mistake, you get those lines back from the editor and you re-record them and then they put them back into the audiobook correctly. So also that. So um, I'm not quite sure how long that would have been.
0: a long time
1: a long time but my wife which is just such a funny thing to say because i just <laughs> got married a week ago um has been begging me for that book for the longest time because she says everyone talks about that one so we were just listening to it which is weird because i don't want to listen to myself but she wants to listen to me so well
0: that's good i she should <laughs> just wait till you've been married 10 years she'll be like oh god i don't want to hear your voice anymore
1: exactly exactly who else can we listen to please <laughs>
0: Rachel Lacey's Midnight in Manhattan series is one of my favorites. The first two in the series have been released. When will book three, Come Away With Me, be available?
1: I haven't read it yet, but it oh. is in my calendar and it will be out at the end of June. But I have three other books I have to record before then.
0: <laughs> I'm just keeping busy, girl. Yes. You've narrated several of Monica McAllen's books. What do you enjoy about those?
1: She's really great at. Super cute love stories with very happy endings. Um, I, think, I think people devour them for that reason. And her dialogue is often really genuine and, and real. So I, I, I really appreciate her dialogue as
0: well. Have you talked to her or have you talked to any of these?
1: So a couple of people have reached out to me on Instagram. So just very recently, I had posted um, something. Uh, Haley Cass, I was narrating her book, Better Than Expected, and i just started bawling and i took a video which i don't often do and i i posted it on instagram and she responded and she said oh good i I, i'm glad to hear that you actually like narrating my (laughs) book so yeah some people have i should say authors have responded to me on instagram so that's always fun also when i have quick questions about pronunciations it's great to be in touch with the
0: author and get a response that fast. Speaking of books that make you emotional, have you narrated any other books that have done the same?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that. I think it's because it's whatever happening in my life that is triggering a response. So talking about Monica McKellen, she has a, a book, I think, honestly, I can't, I think it's Flaw in Our, in our Design, I think. hmm yeah. Or I could be wrong, but it's the one where with Mr. Hutchinson, she, this the young girl has a relationship with an older yeah, man who lives at the lake. Mm-hmm. That relationship felt very similar
0: to a relationship that I have in my life and absolutely made me cry. I know. I listened to Elle Spencer's Road to Madison. Oh, yeah. That one got me. Yeah. I was in the yard crying like a baby.
1: Yeah. And that was one of my first books, actually. That's a great book. I, I really like Elle Spencer's writing.
0: Me too. What accent do you have the hardest time with?
1: Well, I was asking. My wife is also a narrator, but she is English, so she narrates mostly historical fiction. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we narrate very different books. Accents are not my go-to. My go-to is comedy. Romantic comedy is where I feel most comfortable. But I did want to tell you about. We have little, little secrets that we use as narrators, and we often have little phrases that we use to get us into an accent. And there is an an accent, a Scottish accent, that my wife was doing, and she was listening to a Scottish true crime podcast. <laughs> they were saying stuff like, lacerations to the throat. <laughs> and so her go-to phrase for a Scottish accent is lacerations to the throat, which is just really, really upsetting. But it works to get you into it, so it has all the vowel sounds.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> just keep an eye on her. Right. <laughs> When did you discover your love for acting and how did you get into narrating?
1: I have been acting since I was a kid. And then I went to university and have my Bachelor of Fine Arts in acting from Syracuse University. And then I moved to New York City and I never left. So I've been here a long time. But in terms of narrating, I was doing a lot of other voiceover work, but not audiobooks. And when I started, there was a lack of lesbian or sapphic audiobooks. Like, there really weren't very many at all. I think Audible was probably the only publisher that um, had some lesbian fiction out there. And so it just felt really important to me to be representing our community. And so I really went after the authors that were self-publishing but essentially, there really wasn't any lesbic in audio. Abby is probably the first person that was doing stuff with Audible. And now there's so much, and it makes me so happy to see it's such a wide range of narrators now that do it. Some lesbian and some not. But that's
0: okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. Love is love. Even if they're not, they're allies. So and That's can, exactly right. You <laughs> can appreciate that.
1: But I just love how many more authors are getting published now. It's great. It is great. And it certainly makes
0: my yard work time a lot better.
1: I've had many people from various countries message me on Instagram to say that they listen to me while driving a truck or driving a tractor, which (laughs) just feels very stereotypical. But yet (laughs) I've had many messages saying that, (laughs) that they listen
0: to the book. So that's great. It's what I do like every all summer when I'm planting flowers. That's lovely. It's also a way to avoid talking to neighbors as they're passing by. I'm like, oh, I can't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm listening to a sex scene. Sorry. That's right. I just can't talk right now. Don't look at me. <laughs> Face is red. <laughs> How did you meet your wife and what were your first impressions?
1: Uh, speaking of things that are stereotypical, I met her axe throwing. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Not even kidding. That's awesome. And now, a mutual friend of ours. So it's such. Narrating is such a solitary thing. We we rarely interact with people, especially now when people are recording so much from home. We don't even go into the, the studio so much anymore. We have this now, like I said, now mutual friend who every month would put together an event for ladies of audiobooks is what she called it. And there was a, an event where we went axe throwing in Brooklyn. And I met her there. And we were with other people at the time, as winds up happening, so we were friends for quite some time. But I just remember meeting her and thinking, huh, I don't want her to leave. She's really (laughs) great. And so I decided to then buy everyone at the bar a drink so everyone would stay.
0: Oh, look at you. (laughs) So, yes, that is how we met. Very nice. After all of the reading you do for work, do you read for fun? And if so, what kind of books do you like?
1: I've read that book and then was quite sad for myself as I I don't really have time so much anymore. <laughs> but before I narrated, I read a lot of YA dystopian novels. <laughs> <laughs> so, I yes, I read YA books, apparently, <laughs> which says a lot about me, but that is fine.
0: It's fine. I mean, after you read sex all the time, you know, you kind of need a break.
1: Exactly. I like I like fantasy uh, novels.
0: That's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You've appeared on the stage many times. What's the role you love the most and what would be your dream role?
1: Right before COVID. um, And now it's a show on, I think, Hulu. I did Tiny Beautiful Things. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. And that role came at a time where I really needed it. I, it's I don't know if you know anything about it, but it's basically an adaptation of the column Dear Sugar, which was an advice column. Um, And I played Sugar. I played the lead and it came at a time where I was having massive stage fright. And so it really, really helped me get over my fear because I was like this isn't about you. This isn't about you. This isn't about you. (laughs) Someone in the audience needs to hear one of these things. And a friend of mine came to see the show and she, I was waiting for her afterwards. I was like, where did she go? And she finally came out of the bathroom and she said, I'm so sorry. I ran into this woman who was crying because she was affected by one of the letters and she was comfort, essentially comforting a stranger in the bathroom who was so affected by the play." So, yeah, so that I love that. Not that she was crying, but that right, yeah. but that we can see the art affect it having that effect. That's why, you know, when we're we're in these little booths, which is I I am in right now by myself. It's so nice when people reach out and say, I really loved your narration of blah, 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 because you you do something, you put it out in the world and you have no idea
0: what the effect it has on anyone. That's yeah, completely different from that instant feedback you get when you're on yeah, stage. Exactly. Which two actresses, alive or dead, would you most like to work with?
1: Well, clearly one has to be a crush, and that would be Julian Anderson. And oh. I don't know if you have the same crush. I do. I do. Okay. So you understand, and I don't need to elaborate. <laughs> yes. Yes. Me and A.L. Brooks, we talk about her a lot. Ah, I love her. And I love what she did with her career as well. I would love to just emulate that. And then. Because you said Alive or Dead, it it made me think I would love to work with someone who I just, not that Jillian wouldn't be, because she absolutely would be. But in terms of comedy, I would love to like play a scene with like Lucille Ball and just see what she does with the script. Because oftentimes I will get a script and I will always look for the humor in it. And I just think she did the same thing. Like I'm comparing myself to Lucille Ball. (laughs) But, you know, you want to work with the greats.
0: I could totally see the two of you together because you are the queen of narrating comedy, sister. Well, thank you. <laughs> Where did you grow up and what were you like as a child?
1: I grew up in New Jersey,
0: if you oh. couldn't tell by my <laughs> accent.
1: What was I like as a child? I was very solitary, actually. I lived in my own little world, would spend hours with my boom box on the swing set. Nice. Yes, just kind of imagining what my life would be. So I think I was always kind of a dreamer. <laughs>
0: I was the same. I was always in my room with the door locked, singing along to Madonna with my little flip up brush. And I'd be like, yeah.
1: Yes. Madonna and Cyndi Lauper, because now we're figuring out that we are around the same age.
0: (laughs) I'm sure I'm older than you are.
1: Everybody always says that. And
0: then they're surprised.
1: (laughs) I sound a lot younger
0: than I am. I don't think I do. I think I sound old and I am.
1: I don't think you sound old. (laughs) No, 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 no.
0: What are your biggest pet peeves?
1: Okay, so I hate when people are not self-aware, which is a very big one and maybe not a pet peeve, but I'll give you a tiny example of where that comes out. For instance, you're going up an escalator and someone stops at the top without walking forward. Why do they do that? Like there are people behind you. Drives me (laughs) nuts. Must be also a New Yorker thing. (laughs) There's just so many of us that you just
0: have to be aware of who's around you and what's happening. Yeah, you just got to keep moving.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Or we know you're not from here.
0: I was just in New York a few weeks ago.
1: You were? What were you doing?
0: I was hanging out with a couple of my little author friends. Fun. I took my partner and we went to the Empire State Building and Rockefeller Center. It yes, good yes, yes,
1: yes. Had you never been here before?
0: I had, but I came with a friend, so my partner, and I had never been there together. Ah, uh, okay. So you had to do the touristy stuff. Yeah, I had to. I mean it's a great view. And then I drank a lot of wine at the hotel bar and I made a friend there, the bartender, Noah. I still <laughs> miss him. <laughs> Never see him again, but we were we we hugged it out. When yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he probably paid writ with all the tip money I gave him.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a good time. <laughs> I did.
0: <laughs> Tell me two things about you that might come as a surprise.
1: You know it's so funny. I obviously didn't get all the way through this. (laughs) And now I'm looking at that question. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's one thing. I currently have wine in my hand.
0: Oh, very nice.
1: And here's a tip. Sauvignon Blanc from California. So tasty. Do you know why? It doesn't taste like grapefruit. So if you do not like grapefruit. I don't. You will love California Sauvignon
0: Blanc. I believe that's where my Sauvignon Blanc that I drink is from. Yes. I love Savion Blanc, and especially when the temperatures get warm, like Pinot Grigio, Savion Blanc. I'm set.
1: Yes, yes. Well, that is one thing that's occurring right now. And also, my booth is purple. Ah. It is. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it is purple. And one of the sides is glass, so I can look outside.
0: Well, you need to look outside. Otherwise, you get depressed narrative. sitting in there. It's
1: very true. So that is about as deep as
0: secrets as I'm giving you right now. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I we are going to get the real juicy stuff.
1: <laughs> Next time when we're both drinking wine at a hotel bar.
0: Oh, very cool. I'll see you in New York at the Mod. Wait,
1: where were you? What's the
0: Mod? It was in Chelsea. It was oh, Mod by Ch- Hilton. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. It's, it's where Noah works. If anyone goes to see him at the bar. Okay. If I run into a Noah. <laughs> yeah, tell him Laura said hi. I will. He'll know who you're talking about.
1: <laughs> I bet. You're going to be pen pals. That's right. <laughs>
0: Lori, thanks so much for joining me today. It was really great, and I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yes, thanks for having me. This was great.
0: Thanks so much for listening, and thanks again to Lori Prince for joining me. You can follow Lori on Instagram at prince 212 or check out her website at Lori-Prince.com. To support this podcast, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash sapphiclaura, or join my Patreon at patreon.com slash sapphicbookreviewpod. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy reading.